This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca and Tara, and we are so excited to host our first 2023 Canada Reads interview. And I'm giving a shout out to all my family and friends who never listen to our podcast, but will this time because of our special guest. Matea Roach is the most successful Canadian competitor, competitor in Jeopardy history. In the spring of 2022, they won a record setting 23 games. They are also the host of Canada Land's podcast, The Backbench. Matea hails from Halifax, but now lives in Toronto and they will be championing the graphic novel, Ducks, written by Kate Beaton. Welcome, Matea. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thanks for being with us. My first question is, are you aware that many fans think with your competitive background that you are the favorite going into the debates? And if so, do you feel that pressure? So I generally try to read as little on the internet as possible about anything that I do, unless it's absolutely essential to me being able to do whatever job I'm doing, just because a lot of it's always going to be positive, but then sometimes you'll see some negative things and those are always the things that stick in my mind. So honestly, no, I wasn't aware that people thought that. (laughs) It's funny, like, I actually think that the sort of competitive background of Jeopardy is not why I think I'm going to be good at this. I think the real thing that I talked about, you know, I've talked about this in press and stuff before, uh, but I was a competitive debater for like seven years, my whole way through high school, and then also for my first two years of university. And I also coached uh, like high school level debate for five years as well, kind of overlapping a little bit with when I was still competing. So, uh, you know, it was funny when the producers contacted me for Canada Reads, one of the questions they asked was what I would describe my style as as a debater. And I was like, well, do you know, I actually did it for a long time. (laughs) Uh, And they didn't. So I think that is the thing that I'm going to find the most helpful. Like it's going to be a very familiar, a familiar thing for me to do. In terms of pressure, I mean, I think I want to make sure that I do Kate and her work proud. But, you know, there's not a, in terms of like what's on the line for me personally, like that's really all it is, is wanting to make sure that her work is well represented. So I I don't really feel a sense of pressure of like, I need to make the viewers feel like they've, they've gotten their money's worth, so to speak, out of my performance. (laughs) Let me put it this way. It will not be the most high pressure thing I'm even doing in the month of March. Wow. Okay. Mm. (laughs) That makes me ask, want to ask what else you're doing in March, but I won't. I won't, but I do. <laughs> okay, so Matea, we want to know a little bit about um, how you selected ducks. Like, did you select it from the producers, the CBC producers list? Did you know right away? And what made you select it? So I basically, you know, during that initial call with the producer um, is what happens is they'll contact a number of people. They'll contact more people than they end up selecting for the panel because they want to, of course, gauge interest and then also find out a little bit about what sorts of books people like to read, see what their temperament's going to be like as a debater. And they want to make sure that they have a balanced panel in terms of, uh, you know, not having a bunch of books all from the same publisher, not having a bunch of people all from the same part of the country, having a range of ages, uh, racial and ethnic backgrounds, uh, gender balance, and all of these things. Mm-hmm. So 
I wasn't given a list of books right away. Uh, During that initial conversation, I basically was asked, well, is there anything that's a Canadian book that's relatively recent that you've been really excited to read? So either something I had read already or something I was looking forward to picking up maybe. And I knew that there was something, but I couldn't remember what it was. It was like I had gone into my local uh, independent bookstore looking for a book the week prior, and I Mm -hmm. just completely blanked. And the producer was like, okay, well, we have something in mind for you that we think would be really great. But you know what? I won't tell you because they didn't want to influence me at that stage of the game. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, you know, if we do end up choosing you to be on the panel, uh, we'll let you know what we were thinking of. So a couple days go by and I had sent them, you know, I was like, I need to send them an email back. I think I needed to confirm that I was going to be available for the dates or something to that effect. Uh, And I was like, in this email, oh, I remembered what the thing was that I'd been looking for, that I'd been really looking forward to reading. It was ducks. Like, I think that that actually would be something I'd be really excited about championing. Yeah. And they were like, great, amazing. That's what we wanted you to do. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> um, and it was multiple people too uh, on the Canada Reads team that apparently all were excited about the concept of me uh, championing this book. So we sort of came up with it separately, I guess, yeah. the, and then, you know, came to an agreement and we we didn't discuss anything else. Wow. That's very cool. I have a, like a little uh, a secondary question that I don't know if you can answer it or now, but if it had been a different book that they wanted you to read, do you have veto power? Do you know? I mean, it didn't come up. I think, yeah, you do. Because at the okay. point where they want you to be on the panel... What I don't think that they would kick you off the panel for not wanting to yeah. do the book that they had suggested. And I think it's super important for the success of the show that the panelists genuinely do feel that the book they're championing is the book that all of Canada should read, right? I yeah. think yeah. it is difficult for most people, especially with something like literature, where it's hard to fake having a taste that you don't really have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm it would be really difficult to defend a book that you didn't feel strongly about. So I I imagine if they had come to me with something and I said, you know what, that's so out of what I would normally read. I don't feel like I'm going to be able to do a good job with that book. I I think they would have been like, okay, well, you're not doing that one. We'll think of something else. Okay, good. That's what I wanted to hear. Awesome. Wow. That's thank you. thank you for that yeah. background a little bit, because sometimes as fans, we're not really obviously part of the process. So it's, it's nice to get a little bit of that inside uh, information. That's kind of cool. Do you have a process for reading all five books? In, in fact, I'm assuming you've read them all by now, but do you do note taking or highlighting? And is there, I was going to ask if there was any similarity in preparing for Jeopardy and Canada Reads, but then with your debating background... I'm assuming that is exactly how you've approached this then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have read all the books. I actually just finished Mexican Gothic yesterday, and that was the last of the five that I read. My intention is to read them all twice. So I've, I've gone through all of them once. I didn't take notes at all. Um, I actually have historically never been a huge, I never highlight anything I ever read. And I usually will take separate jaw notes is how I will take notes. Like when I used to be in school and reading things for for English courses, that would be how I would do it. I wanted to read everything first to get just sort of my emotional, like regular reader response. Um, because I do think that that's important because that's how the majority of people who are reading these books you know, in conjunction with the show or not are going to be interacting with them, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be in an analytical, academic, like Mm note-taking way. Yeah. I do plan on going over everything again. I'm a pretty fast reader, I would say. And especially if it's something I've already read before, 
I think I have stuff in mind that really stuck with me that I'll go back and note down page numbers and note down passages and probably write down some things about wider themes. Like one thing I've noticed, and I'm not sure how many of the books you folks have read, like there are definitely things that cross over in terms of common themes, not necessarily among all five books, but there'll be a certain theme that maybe three out of the five have in common or something like that. And so ways of connecting them together, like one thing that I definitely want to think about is, well, what are the questions that Ali, like the moderator of the panel is going to maybe put to us, right? Like what are things that other people might bring up and what are points of comparison that they might want to use? So yeah, a lot of my preparation, I think, will really draw from the sort of debatery way of thinking about things where you want to predict almost as much as you can before you go into a debate what other people might say and how you might respond to that. Whereas preparing for Jeopardy is very much like, it's also strategic, but it's just a very different kind of activity, right? You're not speaking in full sentences on Jeopardy except during the little (laughs) interview portion, right? Wow. Thank you. Yeah, that's really interesting because especially with your background, you're probably approaching it unlike most people would because you've got that background. So that that's really fascinating. Yeah. Like one thing I'm curious about, because I am not somebody who typically takes notes in full sentences ever for any situation. Like I I would think I was saying to my dad recently, like the threshold at which I'm going to start writing notes in full sentences if you want to get me to talk is probably if you want me to give a 15 minute speech or longer, like then I will write things down verbatim. But most of the time I'm most comfortable having sort of a rougher jot note version of things. And then that gives you this sort of freedom and flexibility to be spontaneous and to be truly responsive and engaged with what other people are saying. And I I will admit, like, I have not been a big Canada Reads listener or watcher before. I think mainly I stopped listening to the radio when I no longer was living with my parents. And like, now I don't drive anywhere anymore, right? So I just like, (laughs) never have the radio on. And so I I can't say with authority that this is true, but in the clips that I've watched, I do feel as though, especially in things like opening statements, people will be reading off of, you know, I've written my one minute thing. And Mm -hmm. for the Q interviews that we did, definitely some of the other panelists had written, okay, here's my 30 second pitch. And I did not do that because I actually find it to be kind of encumbering. So it'll be interesting to see whether those differences manifest themselves uh, in this group of panelists, because I don't know the other panelists super, super well yet. They all seem great. They all seem really sharp, but I don't know them well enough to truly know what their communication style is and how they're going to prepare. Okay. I have to ask, are you saying that your one minute, because I listened to everybody's one minute pitch, that was not written. You just, that was you just speaking extemporaneously? Yeah, I didn't have notes. I had thought about what I was going to say, but I did not have written notes because it's so short. I thought if I have something on paper, I'm going to be speaking slower and it's going to make me sound worse, if anything. When we did our podcast where where we made our predictions, Tara and I made our predictions, I my prediction was you winning with ducks. And I, one of the reasons I said is because you so beautifully and so succinctly in one minute gave a pitch perfect statement about why that book should win. I'm not kidding you. So that's amazing to me that you just, you didn't write it down, that that was just how you felt about it. So, wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really looking forward to watching you now, Matea. Like (laughs) knowing this, I'm like, I cannot wait to watch you. Okay. So now in addition to the debate, there comes the votes each show. Do you, are you going in, do you think with a plan 
obviously you want your book to win, but are you going to go in with a plan with what you want to vote it off first? Obviously don't tell us. Or do you think you'll just kind of go with the moment and maybe be swayed by other people's debate? I think it, I don't know. I can't really survivor style game it out before we start, right? Because I think a lot of the strategy of it is going to depend on what other people say, right? So if the tone, you know, if I wanted to be really strategic about it, I know uh, in the past there's been talk of, oh, do you vote the strong competitors off first or something? Like it's survivor, like it's the weakest Mm -hmm. link or something like that. And you know, if that's how people are going to play it, I feel like you do really need to read the mood in the room to think of, well, what are other people going to do? Maybe that won't be the mood, though. Maybe it'll be a situation where it really is a matter of whoever gives kind of the weakest case is getting uh, voted off that day. So I think that it would be foolish of me, I think, to go in and not be willing to be swayed by what the other panelists say. First of all, because I think if I go in with a predetermined like, okay, here's the order that I want things voted off in, like that kind of implies that I'm not really listening to the other panelists. And I think that the listening portion of things, like that's what I said to the producer when they asked about what sort of is is your style of debate. And I I didn't give an answer of like, well, when I was doing university debating, I did this. Because of course, if you're doing it in in like a regular conversational environment, you're not going to do some of the strategic ticks that competitive debaters would have. But the one thing I did say is like listening is the most crucial skill to have as a debater, because if you don't know what your opponents are actually saying, you are not going to be able to respond effectively to what they're saying, right? Um, It's that sort of like adaptability. So I think from that standpoint, like I want to listen and therefore retain the capacity to be swayed. And also if I'm thinking about it purely strategically and not about like, what is the meaning of debating? you know, you, you've got to read the room. You've got to read what other people seem like they're going to do. So I, like I certainly, as I was reading books, had some in mind where I was like, okay, you know, if I don't want, or sorry, like if my book doesn't win, like this is maybe one that I think is kind of next best or something like that. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, this one, I don't really know how I feel about that so much. I will say there were no books that I didn't enjoy reading. Like I enjoyed reading all of them which is was a nice surprise, to be honest, because some of them were not things I would have ever picked up normally. But yeah, like there's there's certainly one or two that I might, you know, if I have to get the knives out, there might be one or two that I want to comfort <laughs> first. <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of it is going to be being responsive to what the other panelists say and do. All right. Well, we have our last question, and I'm actually throwing this out at you because you and I, when we uh, exchanged just a couple of messages here and there, I mentioned about there is a recording during the show in which the authors tell the defenders what they will give them if they win. And I just wondered, is there something you would love to have from Kate? That's a great question. You know what would be really cool that actually just occurred to me right now is I'm really in need of things to hang up around my house. Like I'm looking around and I have too many bare walls. And I think it'd be very cool to have maybe like a lot of times uh, graphic novel artists or comic artists will have sort of original panels of like things that they've drawn for books. And I know um, if you go on like Alison Bechtel's website, I'm pretty sure she sells for a pretty penny uh, sort of some of the original illustrations from Fun Home. So I feel like having something of that from Kate would be the coolest. And then I could like frame it and have it in my house Mm -hmm. because that's like a one of a kind item. So <laughs> yeah. that's a, 
It's a big ask, but that's the only thing that comes to mind. I think it's a great ask. When I saw the question, I was like, I would ask Kate Beaton for like a little cartoon of you, like get her to do a little Matea Mm -hmm. in a panel. That would be super cool. (laughs) But the original from Ducks, an original panel from Ducks would actually. Yeah. And then I could hang it in my house and it'd be like a a cool thing to have around. That's a super great answer. I love that. Mm -hmm. So. Well, Mateo, we just really want to wish you absolutely the best. We are so excited. We think there are five great books, five great defenders. We cannot wait to to watch, and we wish you great success. Let's see, March 27th through the 30th, I believe. Those are the dates, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Mateo. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.